So during our hiatus, I watched all four seasons. Well, I guess four seasons, like half a season so far. Yeah. I watched all of Attack on Titan in like a week and a half. And the first season, actually, I think it might have been the first two seasons. I watched down here in the basement, and I don't, oh, have, on, yeah. I don't have on demand down here. I just have the smart TV. So I watched it. Uh, I've watched the first season on Tubi, and then the second one it didn't have, I, I don't think. So I watched it on Crunchyroll. So, but it was the subtitles. Yeah. Japanese voice acting is so much better. It was like so, oh, yeah. so much more emotion and aggression and Aaron Yeager, like just so aggressive. And I was just like, yeah. But then when I watched the, I watched the third and fourth season on uh, Adult Swim on demand, and that was just you know the dubbed. Like like Mikasa, I just didn't like her voice. Yeah, she didn't because she didn't sound like just like this quiet assassin. She just sounded like a fucking angry normal lady. With the friend, um, the smart the smart kid. Yeah, because he sounds so wimpy. He is the, such a wimp. What 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 did he sound like in the you a know? Wimp. Oh, did he? Yeah, he sounded like a wimp. Though he had a real glow up in the fourth fucking season. Yeah, like all of a sudden he got a dumb haircut. And he's just like a model now. Like, what happened here? Were they all? Hey, well, that was like a three-year yeah. or so time jump. I think it said. I was very confused when that four seasons started, though, because it was just like all these other people that I didn't give a fuck about at first. At first, <laughs> and then uh, that gobby bitch. Though, I hope she gets sawed <laughs> in the face. I have like four episodes. I think to catch up. Like there I'm caught up on. Like, on demand to whatever point it was with the dub. Okay, yeah, yeah, like that's, we were saying, that's me, yeah. Like, we were saying off air, maybe just watch the subtitle, because it's, it's like every other, or every Sunday episode will Yeah, drop. or like Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if I want to wait that long, but that gobby bitch. See, I just, I was just worried because, like, um, it can get very, like, dialogue-heavy, or when it goes into, like, the explaining the back history and stuff. It's I, not that fun when you're watching the action, and because there's a lot of dialogue in the action yeah. in the show. Like when he's in a Titan form and he's having like the inner dialogue. Wow, he's destroying shit. Because then you have to keep reading. Yeah, Dragon Ball Super. I watched that whole thing just sub the yeah. first time around, but there's like five words, mm. you know, an episode. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a lot more punching yeah. and, and things exploding, <laughs> screaming. Yeah, uh, I will say the Attack on Titan Crunchyroll sub is easier to read because they have like a like a shadow overlay or back lay or something on the letters. Oh, so they don't like blend into yeah. the okay. Which I don't know why all animes don't do that because like on the Tubi it was just a regular sub and sometimes you know the letters will blend into white backgrounds. Yeah. Uh so I don't know I don't know why they don't do that with like just have an overlay like that so it's a little darker. Maybe they're just like fuck you if you want to watch it learn Japanese. <laughs> That's anytime I see that argument pop up I'm going to uh like a manga anime group on Facebook, and then I I usually don't contribute. I just read the stuff. Yeah. But um, anytime I see like the dub versus sub debate and people are fighting each other about it, I just want to fucking post like one of those big egghead like enlightenment pictures <laughs> and just be like original Japanese. Like that's <laughs> how you have to watch it. But this Attack on Titan show, I was gonna watch it before on Netflix, and I really wish I would have because I would have already been caught up. But, um, because it's well, not... Well, well, no, it actually kind of turned out good, because I think whenever you first start, when you originally, the fourth season wasn't out yet. The, the so fourth, I would have had to wait. Yeah, you would have had to wait for this, so at least more of it was out mm. when you, you know, when you started. But boy, howdy, if you folks haven't watched this show, you gotta check it out, because if, if there's a character 
like whoever your favorite character is probably is going to die. Yeah. Uh, just to, like don't have a favorite character. Don't like and anybody because they're going to die or be mangled or something. They're all good, but also terrible people. Yeah. And everyone's very well written. Well, like that gobby chick. You hate her because she does some stuff that you really don't like, but she has perfect reasoning for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, because, like, we've we've touched about this on, on di different episodes, and we've talked about doing just a whole episode on on manga and anime because of the different kind of stories that they can tell. Mm -hmm. There's no way, like, I don't even think in an American comic book, like, something like from, like, Image... This wouldn't, like, I couldn't see a story like, like, you know what I mean? And just all the turns. Yeah. All the fucking turns. Twists and turns. Well, every single episode is epic. The, the, this is the only anime I've ever watched where there's no filler episodes. Yeah. Not one bullshit filler episode. There's a couple episodes that have backstory, like they're backstory episodes, but like you're learning all about the, whatever yeah. character they want you to learn about. He usually ends up getting fucking eaten or something yeah. anyway. Yeah, that, that's kind of like, it's almost like the, um, from years ago when The Walking Dead was like, oh man, this guy's getting a real good shine this ep Oh Dead. no! But, um, the way that, like, the Attack on Titan is written, it's like the character, like anyone who wants to study characters, it's so good because... Even in just one single episode, they'll introduce a character and then make you care, like, just give you enough that you care about them, like, enough about their backstory and their motivation to care about them, and then they just kill them. Yeah. So it's just, like, every like every death of, like, one of the cadets or scouts is, like, oh, shit, like, you feel it. Like, it, like it was important. Like, oh, shit, that sucks that that person died, even if you didn't really actually know the character at all. And the plotting... Because whatever, whenever I started episode one, season one, what is in going on now? Never, ever. I had no idea where the story was going at, at all. At any point in time. Like, you I, think you might have an idea, and then they just flip the script on you. But by the fourth season, you're just like, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah. Well, fuck, well, I don't even know who to root for now. Well, by that time, you're just, you're already trained to just go with it. Yeah. Just go with it. And the thing is, like... It's not like um oh I I bring up Dragon Ball again because it's one of the most ones of it but it's 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 very well known that Toriyama he was very fly by the pants writer mm. nothing in this in this story is by chance no it's all there it's all was like written out before it even everything got has a reason and a purpose and like so this is definitely. I think this is definitely one of those, like, once it's over, over. It's over. Rewatch it. Oh, yeah. Check it out again. And then just, and just as you're watching, then just like, oh, there's that, th oh, there's that thing, there's that thing, like. Well, I like how this whole time you're rooting for certain people, and then you get to the fourth season, the final season, and then they just kind of flip the script, like, they might not be the good guys. Yeah. Like, you don't know if they're the good guys. So you're back to square zero. Like, well, what's really happening here? Or just bring up the, the like, you know, one of the one. I think one of the best. Um, I don't know if it's like a, if you would count it as a theme or, or what uh, in a story is a uh, is a, who is the bad guy? Who is the good guy? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Whenever you can really blow those lines and. Um, well, the moral dilemmas that all these characters face, like, everyone has a motivation for what they're doing. Yeah. It's not as simple as, oh, this person's evil, they're doing evil things, which you, at the beginning, you think, oh, yeah. it's just some, so, whoever's controlling these big monsters is probably evil, like, that's why they're... No, it's not so black and white. Like everybody has their part, and they're just doing what's good for them. And as like it is, and like I think, uh, what also makes this, um, 
uh, what might makes it so popular and it's kind of ringing true with people is like in a weird way it has a lot of things that's going on nowadays or for the past yeah. like because like how we how you said everybody has their motivations and like it's from stuff that happens from thousands of years ago mm-hmm. where none of these people were around and had nothing like none of it's their fault. No, yeah. Anything that's going on to these characters, it, it's none of their fault. It's some fuckheads from thousands of years ago. And you have these battle of ideologies that slowly unfolds as the show goes on. And then when you finally are introduced to like the outside world, then you're like, oh, well, now this changes everything because we don't know which ideology is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Or if either of them are right or wrong, it might just because there's a... Now we're at the point where, like, some of the main characters are talking about peace. Like, oh, we wish we could have peace in this world, but we can't because just the way things have unfolded. Yeah. It's like everybody just got a shit hand yeah. in this universe. Like, everybody just got a shit hand, and there's also monsters that just are terrifying. And the the way they run some of them. Oh, just, man. Oh, they, like, the ones that are so like, creepy. Oh, they're fucking creepy as shit. Anyway, if you uh, folks are looking for a good anime. Even if you're not a fan of anime, yeah. uh, the storytelling and the writing of this show is so good. And, the, I, like, the themes, just yeah. everything. Attack on Titan, I would say, is probably the best anime I've ever watched. I think watched. we might, once the once the second half comes out and is done with next year, I think we might have to circle back and do, like, a full, just, like, spoily yeah, episode. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And well, just... I'm already uh, thinking about getting the, the mangas. Well, like, was... Once they get, like, omnibuses yeah. out. I was gonna say, boy, this is because you you were bitching at me about you know, and I had no idea. I, I heard it was hey fourth season, the last season. I didn't know that they were gonna break it up or whatever. But I was that's gonna... yeah, that sucks for anyone who wants to get into it. If you're gonna be like me and binge watch it and get it real excited, just know that the fourth season cuts in half, and the next one like it's not gonna end until 2022. Yeah. Like February or March or something. So that kind of At least sucks. it's at least it's the beginning of the year. At least it's not like summer 20, like 2022 like Well, oh. I ha- like a, we haven't gotten caught up on the final like last four episodes or whatever of this season. So I'm hoping there's like a big cliffhanger or something. Oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure there is. Oh yeah. Uh, and they were talking about doing a movie, but I don't think they're doing the movie now. They're also going to do a live action movie or they did. Ooh. I watched I saw some pictures that look real fucking creepy yeah. like giant monsters, but Anyway, folks, uh, that's our mini Attack on Titan review. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be much of an episode, but I'm actually having a topic today, so why not? Uh, we might circle back to this. <laughs> Howdy, folks. Welcome back. To the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Portuguese Porch Pirate Church. Mm. He still packages off of porches like a fuckface. Ah. And you're Portuguese. Yes. Makes it worse somehow. Because it's like Spanish, but not Spanish. Like Portuguese is a weird sound in Spanish. Mm. Um... Well, I guess we might as well address this because we don't have really a topic. This is Welcome Back because if you folks have noticed, we haven't had an episode in a couple weeks. Uh, It's because I got the COVID and at first it wasn't too bad. So I was thinking, okay, I can still interview some people even though Spencer can't come over. Then I just almost died. Just got very, very, very sick. Yeah, because yeah, could... Mindy got it first and it took you like a couple of days, right, to, before it to well, really hit you. This is the breakdown. Mindy wasn't feeling very well. 
It started with these body aches, and it was, and then Thursday came around. She wasn't feeling good, so she wanted to get tested just to be precautious. Yeah. She and I'm already at work. I'm at my first stop, and she texts me that she tested positive. So I call my boss like, "Hey, got to get the fuck out of here. She tested positive. I was obviously around her, so yeah, you know, better safe than sorry." So I go home that night. I got a real bad headache, and I just I just felt like I had a bad cold. Yeah. Come Tuesday next week, she is sick as fuck. Like she is out on the couch. She's dead. Fucking fever. Shitty feeling. Just awful. I'm not feeling too bad actually, but. Work wanted me to get tested so I could get paid. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go get tested. My and I, I, my headache was getting worse, and uh, my body aches were starting to get really bad. Like, I couldn't sit in the room I was in. I was mm. like, this is really uncomfortable. What's going on? I just it felt like I was sitting – I mean, it was like five days. I was just sitting on the couch and stuff. So I was like, maybe I'm just, like, cramping up because I haven't been active. Yeah. Well, they, my test came back negative, and I was like, okay, cool. Maybe it's already out of my system. That's what they told me. It was probably yeah. out of, you know, leaving my system. I was incorrect. That night, my body aches became overwhelming, and I was laying on the floor. Like, I couldn't get comfortable. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, almost crying, like somebody stabbing you. It was terrible. Yeah, I've been, I've been sick like that before. Yeah. Obviously not with, like, the crumb, but just how I've yeah, had, like, really like I've had, like, colds where you've had, like, body aches, so I could only imagine, like, that amplified. Yeah. I've never had body aches like that. It was fucking terrible, and that lasted for days. Um, but that night, I didn't feel... I think that night, I actually got a fever, then the next night, I had a real bad fever, what it turned out is I actually got tested too early. Uh, uh, the it, the virus was in my system, and we think we got the mutant strain because the symptoms were different. Like they were the symptoms of what the mutant strain was, not the original. But I I think I got I got tested too early because even though it was in my system, I don't think it was in my sinuses or because mm, my yeah. lungs and stuff were fine at that point. So I think when they do the swab, it would yeah, it was just they stuck it right into my fucking mm. brain. I'm, I swear, <laughs> I'm not even joking. They scraped the inside of my eyeball from like, uh. and they do it twice. They uh. do it once on each one, and my eyes are watering. My like, oh, uh. that was terrible. I was like, okay, we gotta do it again. I was like, again. <laughs> and Mindy said hers wasn't like that. I don't think I, they just weren't gentle with me. Like she jammed it up into like it was touching like the socket, like the inside of the eye socket. Like, as far as where that sinus wall is. Ooh. Yeah, so that was bad. And I'm trying not to, like, fucking start coughing on the lady. Because yeah. I was thinking, oh, do I have corona now? I don't know. So that, that was terrible. It was very unprofessional. And then I proceeded just to get, like, super sick. I had a fever for uh, maybe, like, five or more days in a row. My fevers must have been really bad because I was freezing cold at night, like, under all yeah. the blankets. But I wasn't even sweating. And I was just, like, I was hallucinating. And those were warm days. Yeah, it was real nice out, too. And, uh, but I was hallucinating and fucking seeing shit. So I, I don't know how high my fever was those days, but the one night when I finally started to feel better, like a week later, I was sitting on the couch and I'm in, I was like, I'm feeling a little bit warm. And then she, or, or no, I don't even think I said that. I, I was just kind of feeling a little bit warm, but I like actually felt a lot better than I had been. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe this thing's finally going yeah. away and stuff. And then Mindy, she's like, she put her hand on my head. She's like, Jesus fuck. And I was like, what? I was like, I feel fine. She gave me my temperature. was 103, almost 104. Ooh. And that was like the lowest temperature I think I had for like a week because that was the only time I actually felt okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's probably not a good sign. And then the lung thing kicked in. That was the last thing that happened was I was I was actually laying down here and I was like, all right, I'm starting to feel a little bit okay. I'm just going to lay down. I still was like sweaty, like all the time sweaty and fevers and shit. But all of a sudden I felt like popcorn in my lungs, like just like instantly. I was like, what the fuck? And then fucking out, out with that. Like I couldn't walk five feet without... <gasps> Even now, I still I keep getting out of breath a little bit, like, working stuff. And it's just fucking terrible. But I am finally feeling to the point now where I was like, okay, I think I'm good. 
Like I'm still getting like weird chills every once in a while. Like it's just some weird after effects. Yeah. But and I get like this brain fog where I can't talk properly sometimes, which I don't like. Like I'll be at work or something and I'll be trying to say something to somebody and I just like the word I want to say, I can't get it to come well, you out. You probably get some kind of like mild brain damage. That's from what I was thinking, like from the fevers and hallucination. Yeah. Anyway, needless to say, I didn't get any writing accomplished. Well, I was going to say, that's what you said happened. What I think really <laughs> happened was that you didn't want to read any more Jerusalem. So you was like, how can I get out of this? The first few, like, because we recorded that IRC episode, which was, I only did the prelude. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to it. Yeah. And then the uh, next couple of days, I, I was feeling sick, but I was, I could still read and stuff. So I actually did read a couple chapters of it, and I actually started getting into it. I started liking mm. the book, which I was very surprised. You sure that just wasn't the brain fever? <laughs> Might have been. And then I uh, I even I started getting a little bit of writing done. And I was like, all right, you know what? Maybe the worst of this is behind me, and now I can get some work you done. Have a, you know, have a couple extra days. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I was like, well, I'm at least off for another week, so good. You know, I might feel a little shitty, but I can get some stuff. Then that's when it hit me super hard. And I, nothing. So it turns out that actually the first five days was the days I was most productive, yeah. and I was barely productive. So anyway, since I was incapacitated, you had plenty of time to do a lot of writing and reading and stuff. So what have you got done? Well, so who didn't, Mister? Who didn't have COVID? Well, so I felt to, as to <laughs> to, to to you know to in honor for you and Mindy and to uh, make to, me feel bad. Yeah, and to to consolidate with you guys, I also just laid around and did <laughs> did really anything for two weeks. I should have had you interviewing yeah. people for the podcast. I um yeah, I did I didn't get anywhere nearly as much as I should have done. My one short story that I've been working on, I did like um the first three drafts on the first half of the story, and then when I was doing that, I kind of came up with like a better ending, I think, for it, which I can uh, we can I can talk to you about that like I, you know, once we once we wrap up uh so there's that, but uh also, too, is just, like, uh, busyness, you know, just with the holidays and work and stuff yeah. and, and, and things like that. My dad just had a birthday, so, you know, that those take up, you know. Time. Uh, but one good thing I have made a great deal of progress on is Sleeping Beauties. I was about to say, did you finish Sleeping Beauties? Because you I'm, should have. I'm on, I'm on page 530. Out of, like, what, 600? 700. You got got one more novel to read, and you're good. Not bad, I think. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was around the 300, like, you know, the last time around. You know, I was was less than halfway, you know. At least you were doing something. Jerusalem is kind of tough, because even when I feel like I'm making progress, I'm like, oh, I'm only 150 pages in, Mm -hmm. which is not, there's over 1,000 pages left. (laughs) And those are big, those are big, big big page, small print uh, pages. Yeah, every... Well, when I read that, I'm like, why is this taking so long to get through this chapter? And I realize it's because I'm literally reading a page and a half for what would be a normal book's one page. Yeah. Because it's fucking tall and it's cumbersome. Um, The story is getting really interesting because he's changed narration styles every chapter. Some parts I'm like, "Eh, I don't know if I like that, but other ones it seems cool. Uh, Does he like go back to other ones or does he just... Well, I haven't got far enough to see if he makes callbacks to the Mm. characters he's introducing because every fucking chapter is a different character. He's just really like talking about this town he lived in and he really must fucking like it, I guess. (laughs) Or hate it. I can't tell. It sounds so... Like the novel's very bleak. Like everyone in it, I'm like, you have the worst lives ever. Which did kind of make me feel better when I'm dying to Corona. I'm just like, well, 
Well, I, I at least feel good knowing that I don't live in Northampton. Yeah. The boroughs. Fucking <laughs> because apparently that sucks. I am very fortunate. I'm happy I did not go to the hospital because I was very close. Yeah. I think. Uh, cause like there was a couple days there where I was like, I, I th- might have to be on like the incubator or something. I can't breathe. I can't fucking same with Mindy. The one night she was like, I think I might have to go to the hospital. She doesn't have insurance though. Yeah. So that probably would cost a shitload of money. Cause we live in great America yeah. where her fucking, she has a full time job, but actually cannot afford the insurance because they changed it. So, uh, that's a, that's a damn shame when you have a full time job and you still can't afford the insurance. Yeah. Like that's that's a shame. That fucking sucks. My insurance isn't very good, so even if I went, I probably still would have had to pay a fortune too. The only uh the only bright side I could maybe think about that is like the stuff that you would have to do for that is that they would be so expensive that you would hit your deductible. Yeah. Pretty quick, I would think. Probably right away. So I mean, at least that would be like the one silver lining out of mm-hmm. it. Like you'd have that. Yes, you'd probably would have whatever your de- your deductible is. Mm-hmm. But after you know, you just have that. Fine after that. Um, hopefully, hopefully your insurance isn't that shitty that it's yeah. <laughs> and my work did pay for ten days of me being off. Oh, that's I, good. I was off for twelve, so I had to use personal days for the other two. It's kind of shitty, but whatever. You obviously don't want to use personal days. Yeah. Um, my boss was like, "Oh, you know, you, you just don't. You come back when you're feeling better." And I was like, "You're probably not gonna pay me. And I don't want to use my vacation time for this. Yeah. So I'll just come back and die for a week." Yeah. Which is what I did this week. It was just super busy and running upstairs and just fucking almost throwing up in my mask over and over again. <laughs> I can't breathe, but I'm on the other side of it now, and it actually made me go back to Mr. John Steinbeck because I was reading a little bit about, because he had the Spanish flu. He was mm. 16 years old. They actually had to remove one of his ribs, oh, wow. which uh, fucked him up for the rest of his life, I guess, like he was always in pain, and he almost died, like legit died, and he had a great quote of uh, something along, I'm going to paraphrase, but something along the lines of, uh, I felt the angel's wings brush my mm. eyes. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, I almost know what that feels like, but I, I didn't. Could you imagine in 19, like, what was it, probably 1918? Somebody taking a rib out? Oh, my God. What did they do? Just dump fucking whiskey down your 16-year-old <laughs> throat? Like, that had to be terrible. Probably, I'd down, probably down your throat and in the hole. Like. But that's why I learned that uh, during that time, like, that's why... Because you talk about, like, Steinbeck's work and stuff, you know, everything he wrote about. He never really wrote about the Spanish flu. And if you look at work back then, from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, you never really, like, Hemingway, everybody. I'd, I'd never read anything that dealt with the Spanish flu. Like, nobody talked about it, even though millions of people died. It's because everyone was so fucking, like, it was such a traumatic experience, nobody like, just worldwide. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. They just fucking said, no, this, just fuck this. So I'm wondering if that's going to happen with the coronavirus. The people, people are not going to actually write about it. Like, they're not going to put it in their fiction because it's such a traumatic, Maybe. terrible event. I mean, obviously, it's a lot more treatable now than yeah. what the Spanish flu would have been. But... And the word's so different now than it is mm-hmm. back then, too. I, but, I mean, honestly, especially after having it, like, I don't want to think about it anymore. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I definitely I don't want to read fiction where they're talking about it because it's just like... That's all you hear about. Watch the show because like yeah. that uh that uh I don't watch it but I see like commercials for that 911 show. Mm-hmm. And you know with like the paramedics and, and first responders and stuff and they're like going around wearing masks and stuff. Yeah. I think after this is all said and done nobody's going to want to talk about masks or corona or isolation or anything. I think every, I think you're going to see in fiction a big influx of uh 
adventure stories and people out in the open and lots just, of stories dealing with like people in parades and like all together like i think that's what people are going to want to focus but, on uh it's not a good term but more like like kind of like me like happier fiction like you know uh, yeah like you were saying adventure and just you know not so bleak and no apocalyptic shit and pandemic yeah. fiction i don't think any of that stuff's gonna be popular by like next year the year after and i don't, I don't mean i don't blame anyone i wouldn't want to fucking read about that so, we'll see where that's going. So, maybe by the time my novel's done, it'll be a nice adventure story that people will want to read about because they're sick of reading about uh, awfulness and or just dealing with awfulness. Here's another subject. I actually wanted to ask this on Twitter, but i just been having a real hard time just even giving a shit about anything because, yeah. obviously, everything was going on, like... Because I could have been on my phone, like, trying to, you know, up the social media stuff. I just yeah, I couldn't, yeah. couldn't do anything. Like, I couldn't focus on anything. It was fucking terrible. I've never felt that bad. But I'll pose this question to you, uh, and maybe I'll ask this on Twitter at some point, you know, I'm feeling, because it's indie April, apparently. Like oh, okay. Indie author April. My question would be, would be an open-ended question, was, as an indie author, do you have aspirations of becoming traditionally, traditionally published? Now, for us, we would obviously like to, yeah. but do you think these indie authors, do you think they still have ambitions of being, like, just in mass, you know, just, we'll generalize. Do you think these India and if you folks actually have an answer to this, feel free to reach out to us. We'll read it on air. But if you do, you actually have ambitions still of becoming traditionally published, or do you think you know? You I think just... I think it's one of those now, especially nowadays, in the way that the market is and set up. It's it's one of those things that it would be nice and awesome to get traditionally published by like a one of the big like publishers yeah. like you know what i mean but it's not a necessary anymore no you know it's it's not necessary i mean just it might be like that lofty goal like it, the bucket list goal yeah, but yeah, not it's, it's something you can have checked off on the on the on the old resume yeah. i got published by like penguin house yeah. like you know what i mean like but that's not your ultimate goal you just want to put out your fiction yeah uh, but because then too if uh, if you're doing that, if if that's all you're shooting for is to try to get published by one of those guys, you're probably not gonna put out anything. Yeah, it's gonna take forever for you to put out anything. You that's know? my big worry because I'm gonna shop my novel around the publishers. Well, get literary agent, do that before I would go the indie route with the novel. But like you said, it might take so long that it's. Do you? Want, well, I mean, if you want people to fucking read it, it's gonna be hard if you have to wait four years. By that time, it might not even be relevant anymore. I mean, just even like right before we started this, you know, a few years ago until now, how many like um, indie authors have we come across that do like really good work and have great stories and yeah. books and stuff like that? And all you got to do is just. Well, I mean, like, and it's you know, it's it's a little different because it's comics, but like you know, we bring up like Derek Manning. Like, I'm sure he would he would probably think it'd be cool to have a book published at like, you know, image or to like write the big Con ones, yeah. or write like Constantine or something like that. But he's doing, he's doing the work and he has it set up now to where he doesn't need that. He yeah. has his, you know, through the years, the hard work of the years, he has his fan base and, you know, as long as he's keep on putting out quality work for them mm. to consume, they buy it. And it just seems, you know, and then it just, you know, and it's hundred percent profit for him yeah, too. And it would just nat naturally grow. Like, I mean, he's about to have a cartoon made from one of his comic book series. Like, you yeah, know, that's pretty fucking cool. 
I would want to be traditionally published just for the fact that I don't want to have to hire the editor, book yeah. designer, and but if you have to still do the marketing, we talked about this before. Like it's almost what does it matter then if you're marketing yourself anyway? I mean, obviously. And besides, the... I think it, I think it's better if you can get your base, get a solid base of fans behind you in the indie market. And then that will be easier for you to get something published at yeah, one of yeah. the bigger publishers because you're like, hey, I already have these guys, you which know, is these, what they look for. Yeah, I have these people. My book, you know, my books sell at least like a steady, like you know, twenty thousand copies, you know, and I have steady coming in, and that's just me doing my thing. Imagine if you put yeah. me in bookstores and but then, stuff like that. But then here's the catch: Do you really need them though if you have the built-in fan base already? Because, well, yeah, they could put you in bookstores, but most people buy the books online anyway. Well, but, uh, or, okay, or I mean, maybe, um, well, this is weird too, because I'm not even sure how people find, because, you know, find their books now, but they would maybe be able to introduce it to a wider audience mm-hmm. than the, like, you know, if you have the good, you know, your good set of fans, but it's like, it's, it's hard to get other people to hell it's just hard to get people that we know to read our Our stuff now and and if we could get somebody to put it out in front of people that are actually into you know reading things or or whatever so i mean that's one of the things they might be able to spotlight you know just get your name out i mean yes you'll have to publish you you know you'll have to promote yourself but i'm sure though having that there still helps Mm. somewhat i think if you're going the indie route a good move would be to find like a weird subgenre. That way, if your sales do fairly decent, you could be the top of that subgenre on like Amazon or something. Yeah. So that's already kind of your promotion. So mm-hmm. somebody's just looking up like you know, uh, like a subgenre of sci-fi, some kind of hard, yeah, alien fucking sci-fi or something. If you have you know, if there's only fucking five guys publishing books in that genre yeah. and your book sells decently, you'd be on around the yeah. top of that list. You'll show up because uh, I see a lot of people do that with like different crime fictions. They'll uh, specifically change their their crime fiction story to have maybe more of like a CSI element just so they can yeah. be in that that category. Because there's a lot of cat. I don't know if you look recently. There's a lot of categories on there. Ideally, I think the best scenario is a little bit of both. You know, like you could have. Like you say, you have a series of books, you know, like Penguin, you know, that you're putting out every, you know, year or so. And like, that's kind of like help paying the bills, but also yeah. helps you like put out your other books, you know, underneath your, you know, under underneath your own thing or, or whatever, you know. I don't know how book deals deal with that kind of stuff. Like if you have side work, what I would like to do, uh, it would be to have a certain, whether I'm writing a series or whatnot is to be traditionally published through, like, a, a bigger publisher. But then if I want to, like, dabble in comics yeah. or novellas or short story collections, specifically for me would be short story collections, uh, do those indie styles yeah. and then just sell those myself. That way I get the profit from those. Like you said, that's the best of both worlds because now you have this big conglomerate behind you for your, your major book and maybe you do signings and stuff. But then you can also have your indie work that could be – Maybe uh, it doesn't fit the right genres that the publisher would want, or it's uh, a little too experimental, or, you know, stuff that... Or just something that they might not even want. Yeah, most likely just something they wouldn't want. I feel like a lot of these big publishers, they don't really want short story collections if you're unknown. Yeah. 
Um, unless it's in a specific, like, horror would be one that they'd probably go for more than, like, if you do, like, fantasy short story collection. I don't think those sell very decently. The market has changed even in the last few months. I've noticed, like, YA's dropped off drastically. Sci- I think sci-fi's picked up even more than it was before with things like The Expanse and stuff yeah. doing really well. Fantasy, I think, is doing well now. Because but... that's a good escape. Yeah. From everything. But, like, YA, which was dominating for, you know, the 2010s, like, throughout that decade, I, I think that's, like, completely dropped off. Well, listen, what, what, what about this as a theory? So, all those people have grown up. That could be it, yeah. Cause and then the next people, they don't like to read so much. They don't like to read. They don't read so good. Well, that, okay, so give it, the, listen to this. Listen to this. So... As we were talking about in the cold open, we were talking about Attack on Titans. So there's a school that I work with. She also likes watching it, so we, we talk about it. But she only just, she listens to the, she watches the whole thing sub. She doesn't like um, okay. the American, you know, voice actors and stuff like Which that. Which is fine. But so, but she was mad that I had to wait a whole year until the next thing. I was like, well, that could give you plenty of time to read the manga. And you could get caught yeah. up and you could read, because that's ending, that's ending soon. Yeah. She's like, oh, but I don't. I don't read. I, I don't like to read. I don't read. You read the sub. It's the same fucking thing. It's literally the same Dude. thing. Because the manga, it actually has less dialogue than the sub does. Yeah. Guaranteed. I guarantee you, you have an episode of Attack on Titan when they have all this fucking dialogue. Because any manga I've read, there's not a whole, like, that's where it's different from comics. Is generally you don't get, like, just pages of dialogue no, or anything. Yep. It, uh, it's it, all uh, visually told. Yeah. So uh, you could tell her that's who hockey. I uh, I did I did. And she was just kind of like yeah. And to be she she's not the brightest in the head. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, she was just like and then, you know because I always like because people like just in general people are like oh I don't like to read but it's like but you read all the time though. She's not Gen Z is she? Uh I don't know. I think she just turned like twenty or twenty one. Yeah, is Gen, that is Gen that Z? Gen Z? Yeah. They like to brag about how they don't read, which I think is weird. Oh, she wasn't necessarily bragging. She just, 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 she just, just doesn't like it or just doesn't do it. And it's just like, but you, and like we were talking about earlier, that's a lot more harder reading it on the show. With than, action going. Other than just reading it on, you know, in the manga, like. No excuse. No excuse. Uh, maybe they just don't like physically holding a book. The iPad or, or Kindle. It just, it, this whole thing weirds me out of not reading. And it's not just Gen Z. Like, we like to pick on Gen Z because they're the There's plenty of people that we went to school with that don't read. I've, I fucking got an argument on, on Facebook one time because I made a post about something about, like, I don't understand the people who just don't, like, ever read. And then, like, a bunch of people say, like, I don't read. I don't read either. It, also, I don't know if this goes hand in hand, but I feel like it does. They're all, like, super huge, like, football, like, NFL yeah. fans. Like, that's all, all they talk about. So I'm thinking, like, sports fans don't read. <laughs> or, or what they do is that they read their sport articles yeah. and their, their, their fantasy things, and, you thing? know, when that somebody, kind of stuff. When somebody tells me they don't read, not that they don't like to read, like they just don't read, I just want to be like, well, is that true or is it just you're not reading, like, books or fiction? Like, yeah. are you reading articles? Are you reading... Magazines? Like, at least like... you got, you're reading something, guaranteed. Um, You're always looking at something on your fucking phone. Like, like This is how I know when someone actually doesn't read or doesn't like to read at all is when they 
go out of their way but like dude i read an article uh and they're like they're like really excited yeah. and happy to be able to say like they read an article because even just reading an article is like you know that's big if you don't read at all yeah so when they get real excited like that and then that always like kills a little part of me inside because i just want to be like you're so happy you can have to, that all the time yeah like you're so excited about be, like that you read this article and was able to get this information from it you could do that all the time yeah for free for free you could do it all the time like just it starts off small you just read that little article about fucking football or something and it made you happy like just extend it yeah just try a little more right maybe read two articles tomorrow and then what also gets me is like it's like uh because you know a lot of you know we're getting to the age where a lot of our friends and stuff are having kids and it's like you gotta at least put the act on for the kids because you want the kids to be able to read. What is like, I'm thinking? Like, do these parents not want their kids to read? And I feel like some of them don't because they don't read, so they don't want to have to read bedtime stories yeah. to their kids. Because, because I, I, do, I can't tell you how much reading, like how many comics I've bought for my friends' kids. Like, I, th- I think at some points I've bought more stuff for them to read oh, than what no. their parents have bought them to read. Like, now I don't know if they've read it or not, but I'm doing my part. <laughs> I, I really, really hope that this is mainly just like an American thing or even more specifically just this area. There's got to be places in America where people are better read and enjoy fiction. Well, I, you know what? When I went to Maine up in, in Bangor, I, I saw a lot of people with books and the bookstores were fucking huge. Yeah. And so I feel like there's a lot of readers up there. Uh, I think and you we, probably get places like New York, like yeah, those big cities, cities like, you know. I mean, just statistically, you're going to have to have a, you know, a good section to read. Well, you know, the, New York has a lot of books. They have The Stand, one of the most famous bookstores. Like, they got all kinds of shit. So, San Francisco's another one. They have a lot of bookstores. And even when we're like Monterey and stuff, I think I remember seeing some cool bookstores. So, they're out there. There's readers out there. But the fucking Southwest Hillbilly, Pennsylvania, not so much. You know, but there are some cool bookstores in Pittsburgh. So, there's yeah. readers up there. You can't just generalize and say, like, nobody reads. It's just, like, the people we come in contact on a daily basis tend not to be readers. And But what kills me the most people who brag that they don't read. Mm-hmm. That's, like, I just feel like that's, like, you're bragging about being stupid almost. It's, like, why would you, if you don't like to read, fine. I'm not going to want to, you know, argue with somebody because maybe they just don't enjoy it. Whatever it is. Well, maybe they, you know, you never know. Maybe somebody has, like, a... You know, uh, learning disability or something, or, something yeah. or, or is uh, dyslexic, or you know, dyslexic, something like yeah, yeah be so- one of those people who can't uh, can't form images in their head. Yeah, like some people they, they can't do; they don't have inner monologue, or like there's people who have different brains. That's fine, but just the people who actually openly brag, like, yeah, I don't fucking read them gay books. Like, why are they gay books? Are you, like gay erotica? No, what? What are you talking about? No, just books. Like all books are gay. <laughs> Like, happy gay? Like, what are, you, what are you trying to get at here? Well, you know, like that Hemingway with his both... Wait, you said, you know, you know Hemingway. You read. <laughs> yeah. You read. You don't just call out Hemingway. That's the funniest thing, though, is when I see, like, a fucking, uh, like, one of the most shitty Jay Leno skits. I think uh, Kimmel does those now. Like, they go on the street and be like, uh-huh. hey, name one author. And they were like, oh! Yeah, they there's help. one author that's ever lived. And there's like, oh, oh my God, um, uh, Brad Pitt? Like, yeah. Like, they just say some random name, like an actor or something. It's like, is that real? That can't be real. Yeah, some. I mean, some of them are probably real. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of those have to be just like, hey, act like an idiot and we'll put you on TV. I'm sorry, but you're, you cannot tell me 
in the United States of America, if you go up to 99% of the population and be like, hey, just name an author, that they can't just say, like, Stephen King. Yeah. Like, that's, like, I feel like that would be, like, they would the, the go-to. To that would be the go Yeah. That and, like, J.K. Rowling would be, like, the go-to. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, see, I feel like fucking people are too stupid to even say, like, uh, uh, Mark Twain or something yeah. now. But, yeah, like, Stephen King seems like that would be the, like, just Dean Koontz. Like, somebody yeah. you see on the fucking fluff shelf. James Patterson. But people that like there's movies yeah. made on their stuff. That's like, what I'm saying. Like you, you know this. You know this. But it's, it's it's amazing how little brain power people actually give to books or just the. Well, and that's the thing too. Like even though the the majority of what I read is just fiction, you know, like I'm not reading like histories or biographies about people, mm-hmm. but just even reading fiction, like. I've I've gotten smarter yeah. from reading it. Yeah, like it you know what I mean. It makes you more intelligent. You know what I always think is interesting when you come in contact with a person who's like an almost a hundred percent nonfiction reader. Like they read all the time. Yeah. But that's all a, that's it a, is that's a whole nether yeah, but all it is is like historical stuff, like World War Two stuff, biographies, and it's almost like. I don't know. It's weird because you you don't want to insult them or anything. That's fine. They're reading. That's a good yeah. thing. But it just seems so weird that they, they, they don't read fiction at all. Because I've I've talked to people who's like, oh, I don't read I don't read fiction. I'm like, oh, I'm not a reader. No, I love reading. And they'll show you pictures of their bookshelves yeah. and they're fucking crazy. Because it almost seems like homework. Yeah, <laughs> like when you read that kind of stuff. And then you're like, is this person like way smarter than me? Or I can't tell. <laughs> they don't read <laughs> fiction, but they read a lot. I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends on the subject because there are like, there's a handful of like, um, different like comic book like history books yeah. that I eventually want to get into and stuff like that. Just you know to to read those and things like that. So I guess if you can, you know, you find a genre or a subject that you really enjoy that you can read, that there's a whole bunch of things you can read about, you know. So well, I mean, I've read a lot of nonfiction in my day, like history of boxing and you know World War Two type of shit, and like I've read a lot of stuff. But I have to really be in the mood for that kind of stuff. And, um, like you said, it has to be something that you're really yeah. and interested you know, in about. And, um, other than like, I, I don't know, kick myself for forgetting that guy's name because he was really cool when I talked to him. But that author, that one heavyweight boxing book I got, it was really well done. Like, the stories are entertaining. Like, a good history writer will make it entertaining. Yeah. But, like, something like that, like, you know, I just read, like, you know, it's, fu- it's fun. But a lot of, like, nonfiction, usually I read while I'm still reading fiction. Yeah. Like, I read something else while I'm reading, like, the nonfiction because they don't. They don't blend at all. Like you don't have to worry about ruining your nonfiction read because, yeah. like, if sometimes or you getting read... or getting confused or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're, they're different enough that it doesn't. Like sometimes, if you read two like fiction novels, if they're like too similar or something, you might blend the worlds together or something. But uh, yeah, like I like nonfiction. I just it's not something that I read all the time. Um, I actually, when I was a kid, started reading nonfiction before I started reading fiction. Like I read like a lot of. We go to the book fairs, I get like yeah. the Muhammad Ali biography, yeah. like a lot of these little biographies I started reading. Uh, I was probably like fucking six years old or something then, but um, then, then then that got me interested in like actual books and stuff. Because when you're starting off, like if you're, well, my mom read to me, which I was very thankful for, like she would always read me stories and stuff and usually even like more adult themed stuff. So I already kind of had a direction in where I was, my fiction like in- yeah. enjoyment would come from in the future. But if you don't have anybody to direct you at all, like you're just kind of blind. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really difficult if nobody ever introduced you into any kind of fiction or comics or anything. It's like, well, what are you going to like? 
how do you know? And I think that's why a lot of people, the, their only introduction is school. Yeah. And that's boring. That's, yeah, because they don't, they don't ever get a chance to, to read just for the enjoyment. They're getting read, they're reading because even if it's fiction, they're, it's homework. They, yeah, somebody's telling them you have to read that. You have to have those first three, three chapters read by tomorrow or else. Like, whenever I was in school, Every single book we ever had to read, I just would go home and read the whole book that night. And then uh, if we had to do like a book report on it eventually, I would just do it all then. And I always got in trouble. And I thought that was the fucking stupidest thing. Because like you want me to read the book, right? Like That's the big thing is me reading and understanding the book. Well, especially those kind of books because they're super fucking boring, like the Red Badge of Courage. I was like, the only way I'm going to be able to read is if I binge read this all in one night. And then I would do that. And then they like, the teacher would be, you know, noticed in school, like, I'm not fucking following along or whatever. And I'm like, why ain't you reading that with us? Or, like, why would... It's like, because I read it. I'm done with it. I don't have to do this anymore. You, you finished the whole packet? Yeah, I finished the stupid useless garbage packet <laughs> that makes you not have to do work. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> and then they get mad at you. And I'm like... Because they have to find something else for the next well, month and a half for you to do. Yeah, like, a fucking Red Badge of Courage doesn't take a month and a half to read. Like, none of those books that we read in school took that long. They just made it that long. Because they want to stretch it out so they have to do work. So whenever I watch a show like The Gilmore Girls or something where they have to read like Moby Dick in a week, yeah. I'm just like, well, I mean, that's pretty extreme. Like, well, no kids are liking Moby Dick. That's why that show is very unrealistic. But, you know, it was like super fancy smart kids. But still, I'm just like, see, but like a, a, a normal novel in a week, like a Jack London novel, yeah. you could read that in a week if you're, even if you're a kid. It's not very challenging. Um, and it could be entertaining. But these fucking teachers, they Like just, the Bonds books. Yeah. The James the James Blom book like read in like a weekend. Yeah, you read those very fast. So the whole stretching these fucking books out for a month or two, so kids will and then we always had to watch like a nineteen forties movie on the book. Yeah. And I'm like, I know there's a newer movie. <laughs> like they made forty seven Moby Dick movies. You can tell me we can't watch a more modern one. I gotta watch the one from nineteen 19- I gotta watch the Gregory Peck one or something. <laughs> like that's the newest one we get. That big ass fucking VHS tape they would pull out. I'm like, where do you get this tape, man? The, Is this from the library? The big bubble f- screen yeah. TV that's on the stand. <laughs> it's like, what that DVD? gets weird from like classroom to classroom because yeah. there's only like three in the whole school. And then to make things even more bizarre, I remember like multiple years in like seventh, eighth grade, we watched Lord of the Rings, which is a yeah. long fucking trilogy of movies. And we watched them, and I'm just like, how come we never got to read these books yeah. or even do, like, a, a bridge version of these books? Like, it just didn't make any sense. But all I remember, that's the only thing I remember is the Red Badge of Courage because it was so they, fucking boring. Because they probably, what they could do, they could pop the movie in for three and a half hours, shut off the yeah. light, and then pour bourbon into the yeah. coffee in the back of the classroom. That's exactly what it was. Fucking hog shit. Yeah. Did you, do you remember reading any good book? The only good book I read was in high school. We read Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. But they fucking made it so boring because it was a packet for every chapter, and I didn't even remember enjoying it. And see, the the thing that I I think I remember reading the most... Beowulf. Beowulf, yeah. yeah. You're talking about that. And, like, and that was, again, and that was like a shitty packet, like... A, probably an abridged y- yeah. version. Yeah, because anytime we would, like, maybe touch on Poe or Mark Twain or something, and I would get the spark of, like, this might be yeah. entertaining, they would fucking just, like gloss over it super fast like we would do the uh like the rat mask of the red death or whatever it'd be like oh that sounds fucking rad yeah. and then they would like talk about it for one class period and then we would just be like, okay folks go to the next thing and then they'd pull out a fucking some other civil war book 
It was another bullshit hatchet. I remember that one. We had like 50 packets on. I'm like, this kid's lost in the fucking Canadian wilderness. Sounds like it could oh, be interesting. Is that the, was like he was in a plane crash yeah. or something like that? Yeah. And what else did he? Yeah, we also made us watch a fucking shitty movie yeah, about shitty it. Shitty movie from 1952. Like, I don't know. Um, I think we did The Outsiders, too, which, again, that sounded like that should have been something that was entertaining. I couldn't tell you what The Outsiders is about because we watched a shitty movie. And, and then that's so boring. And that's just, that's what's stuck in your head now. Yeah. Even, like, The Grapes of Wrath. I really want to go back. Because like, my favorite yeah. author. I really want to go back and reread that as an adult because I haven't read it since I was in high school. Uh, but they made it, they just made me hate it so much that I didn't read classic literature for, like, ten years after, yeah. like, after that because... Other than, like, Edgar Allan Poe, I didn't read really classic literature until I probably started hitting my late 20s, right? Yeah. Because I was in my early 20s when I worked at Walmart, and that's when I was reading, like, Edgar Allan Poe yeah, and stuff. That... But I couldn't read. Like, I would read a little bit here and there, but I couldn't, like, just Get sit and read. Yeah, because... Fuck, Sink your teeth into it. Because I would always have these flashbacks of these fucking packets. <laughs> like, why did we have... This? And they were thick, too, and they were so stupid. But I, this fucking school system sucks. Is that ruckus? I don't know. Is sneaking on here? Well, yeah, it's probably telling us to go. Well, my, my fucking actually laptop's about to die anyway, so. Um, so if you folks are happy to have us back, tell us. Or not, I don't know. If you leave, why'd you come back? Why'd you go back? You fucking, we were enjoying the silence. Um, we will be doing more IRC in the future. If I can ever get a hold of Ash, I don't know exactly what happened to him. He went to Colorado, and uh, he texted me like once since he was there, but I think he, I don't know, man. He like disappeared in the woods or something. We'll find out, I guess. I don't know. I'll find out. <laughs> I don't know, because he said he wasn't going to read Jerusalem at all on his vacation. Well, yeah, I can see And I don't know that. how long his vacation was, but I don't, th- I don't know if he got on a plane or not, but you can't take that on a plane. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to take off. No. <laughs> we also got, like, a bunch of submissions, and people reached out to us, and I wasn't able to get to them because of sick, being ill. So, but this week, I'm going to be posting stuff and uh, catching up on all that. So, look out for, you know, new fiction and stuff on the site, uh, drunkpenwriting.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing, Instagram, Facebook, Drunk Pen Writing. And uh, it really sucks because, like, we, I was, you know, motivated right before this happened. Like, I was on a big, nice yeah. upswing. Yeah, because we really were, motivated. Cause we, getting, st- we started the weekly uh, writing sessions yeah, again and stuff like that. Got so. fucking interviews we were setting up. Like, it was doing all kinds of podcasts, was doing good. Everything was up and up and up. And I was excited. It was really getting my fucking, just about to get into writing my novel, finishing the outline, and just completely derailed. Like, I feel like I missed all of March. Like, I don't fucking, like, I don't know how long I was fucking out, but it just feels like it was, like, all of March. you figure? What, like, uh... It was, like, almost three weeks. Yeah, so, yeah. And so, April, maybe, will be better. Well, uh, it sucks if it's... I will hate to see what happens if it's not. <laughs> I don't know where else I can go. Uh, but up. Uh, of course, we'll be busy, because if folks don't know, I'm getting married next month. I'll be going on a honeymoon, and uh, there will be... Some downtime for that, but we'll have some episodes for you. We'll, we'll, I won't skip that stuff. Uh, so anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully everything goes better for the rest of forever. And everybody. Yeah. If COVID can't kill us, I don't, I don't know what else will. Maybe nuclear bomb or something. Not down here in this basement. We're safe. Nothing, Behind yeah. that curtain, we're safe. Yeah. We just look. Everything's in a desolate wasteland right around the square. Yeah. Like everything's gone, but here we are in the studio. It's like, well, might as well keep recording. I, I like to think in the... Uh, the nuke scenario that I'll just turn into a caustic ass like a human cock- cockroach and be fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think you're going to be like Gregor Samsa. I think you'll be more like that guy from uh, RoboCop that got the sludge dumped on him and got a little gross. <laughs> yeah. I think that was, that, that's your future. You're not going to be you're not going to be Gregor Samsa cockroach man. You're going to or you'll be you'll be the reverse. You'll be like uh, fucking happy cockroach slowly turns into Spencer. <laughs> no! Like a cockroach wakes up to Spencer and it's just like, "Oh god damn it." That'd my be very life, jarring. If my you, life was so good before. You're a fucking cockroach being able to climb up walls and ceilings, and then you woke up as a hairy old 30-year-old guy. Like be something that's so hot to kill, and then you <laughs> just did this weak piece of shit. It's like, damn, like, this is fucking terrible. Ew, I don't even like eating dung anymore. <laughs>